Welcome back to In the Back Room with Audrey K. I'm Andrea. <laughs> and I'm Audrey. Hi. And what was that? That was your delicious Diet Coke. Yeah, man. That was a gift from Rachel. So oh, thank you, Rachel. We have the sweetest customers. Yeah. So after our first podcast aired, she came in the next day with two ice cold cans. Of Diet Coke. And you and I squealed at the same I time. Did. <laughs> I did. And I I, gra- I, could, I think I said this over like a, a few times. I'm like, they're cold. They're ice cold. Yeah, actually, Rachel, we were really impressed that they were so ice cold. Like, that's commitment and that's the type of thoughtfulness that is so Rachel. Yeah, oh. she was darling. She was absolutely darling. And I just love that she, you know, she heard that detail in the last podcast of my outcry of having a bad day and I just needed a Diet Coke and a hot dog. <laughs> I don't know if you're craving some iced coffee. Someone wants to get us iced coffee, iced coffee, iced coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, for a minute there, I didn't get it. <laughs> well, because we had someone bring us iced coffee let today. Me, I thought that's what explain, you were talking about. Let me explain the joke. I said All iced right, coffee that's, so that's I, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I like my iced coffee, no cream, no sugar, straight to the point. Mm. I'll just take anything. (laughs) No, she'll take an iced vanilla latte, not fat. Please. (laughs) And thank you. Oh my gosh, all the beverages. Anyways, Rachel, that was a shout out to you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the thoughtfulness. And thank you to all of our listeners that listened to the first uh, podcast, which was the start of Audrey Kate, which by the way, we'll, uh, do another episode of from opening to, you know, what was I doing in those 15 years and all the yeah, lovely, what were you doing? Hustling. <sighs> okay. I was hustling. You better prove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man, just, uh, trying to navigate through, um, through, uh, you know, the, the collapse of the economy and a divorce and all that. But, dude, the little engine, she could. She's uh, trucking right along. But uh, it, was, it wasn't until a mutual friend of ours. So let, let's just, this is Andrea's story. Let's talk about how this little whippersnapper dropped into mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrea and her friend Veronica were really good customers, and they would come in, and we would always have so much fun. And a mutual friend of ours invited us to her birthday party. And when I saw that Andrea was there, I was like, oh, my God. This yeah, thing. we were at the Cicada Club. So yeah, and that was the first time I'd been there. And that place is epic, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I, and I, as far as music, for me, I'm a big band girl. And, like, when yeah. I used to sing and I had my own band, I want live music behind me. So that was a that was a treat. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, we got all dressed up. and But <clears throat> this was the first time that I had a chance to actually talk to you without being in the environment of a store because yeah. I, I feel like the the conversations are more organic I don't feel like I have to talk about inventory or talk about you know how cute that dress looked on you it's you know dude, it Andrea always looks fantastic <laughs> and everything and that she wears dresses. oh yeah that's right mm-hmm. you were buying some of my dresses oh, that yeah. I was manufacturing at that time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um yeah um so of course you know I do what I do and I see something I want Dude, I go for it. I'm like, uh, I'm gonna make, uh, I'm gonna make it happen. I don't know how, but when I want something, I want it. But I was quickly I was not clued into any of this. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. I'm not gonna reveal all my cards. But I, I, I knew that uh, at the what I wanted, I didn't know. Let me rephrase that. I wanted to um, hire you. And I remember just nonchalantly going, hey, so what do you do for a living? And she's like, <laughs> you, know, you can give your answer. But at, at the time, I was like, damn, she's got a good job and she makes good money. I can't afford her. So in the moment of what I usually do, I just said a quick prayer. And I'm like, Lord, if it's meant to be, drop her in my lap. And then I just let it go. But I put it out there in the universe. I was like, God, I there's something about this girl. I can't put my finger on it. We'd never really hung out socially before. It was only here in the store. But I just fell in love with your laughter, your sass, your personality, and how friendly and kind you were. And matter of fact, you and Veronica, I hired you both to mm-hmm. organize and do the social media and the decorations for our 10th anniversary here at the store and saw how hard and dedicated you were working. And I was like, man, this, yeah, a little, a little side tidbit of that. I was, uh, promoting the 10th anniversary event from a computer at the 
lounge at the Heathrow Airport because I was on my way to uh, Barcelona. I was on my way to Madrid and I had a layover for like seven hours in London. And I was on the Audrey K Facebook doing some promos and doing some copywriting. <laughs> That's commitment, man. Different and I was, I don't even know how little I was paying you. And she's like, oh, this is, I got it. I got it. Which yeah. is really impressive. But. I was very sad that I missed out on the actual party, but I was partying in Barcelona. <laughs> it was well, a good time. But those, I mean, that was a great event. But yeah. It wasn't actually our little haughty sound guy. I'm just going to name him right now. He's standing, sitting right next to me. Mr. Charles. He was the one that actually took the photographs. Those were beautiful photos. Yeah, I was like, I have an idea. There it is. <laughs> the, the, in the, the mortal words of I have an idea. I have an idea. I want to do a cake smash. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. So I ordered a cake from Porto's, and yeah, I still love those photos. We'll post those. You're so lucky. Thank we you, Charles. Weren't, we, we weren't working together at yeah. that time because that would have been a cake fight. <laughs> I would have found a way to put your whole face in that cake, and it would have been well, so Well, this is glorious. a different... I just have to throw this in because we're talking about it, but I was really nervous, and Charles is like, here, drink this, and we drank way too much, and then we ate, like, all the cake, so... Sugar crash. What was it? It was... Fireball. Fireball. Oh, we were God. having fireball no. shots, no. and then I ate the cake because we were smashing it. And he's like, do it again. And I was like, oh, God, for real? He's like, do it again. I'm like, oh, my God. So fireball eating cake. And then he's like, great. Wrap it up. Great shot. And I'm like, I'm going to barf. <laughs> See, you uh, were... So I laid on their, their apartment floor. The room is spinning. I'm like, I am, like, crap-faced yeah, right now. Yeah. Oops. Well, dude, fireball. It's but I was relaxed and the photos turned well, out see, great. See, but then after that's the problem is that you guys didn't have Andrea in a bottle to relax Audrey at that time. Which was like Which if is I was true, <laughs> dude. She's all the things to me. Which let's talk about that. How how, how I can relax you? Oh, dude. <laughs> Keeping it PG. Oh, come on. No, don't go there. Yeah. No, I no how 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 you okay, so set sent the prayer. To heaven, mm-hmm. and then one day, you you that 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 dream, that that prayer, that wish came true, and you were here, and you've been here for four years. Yeah, it came in a phone call at nine in the morning to your your personal cell. Do you remember that phone call? I do, and I actually remember <laughs> that I was in my bathroom. Well, yeah, because putting on mascara, and my phone rings, and well, I was like, and also. <laughs> I remember calling you and feeling really bad that I contacted you on your personal cell. And so I was, <clears throat> there's a couple of things happening in my mind. Cause the way that I led up to that phone call was that, uh, I was fired at nine in the morning for the first time ever in my work career. And I got hired though that same day at 5 PM by you. So... Uh, that was a true testament to the fact that my survival mode is pretty much beast mode. Because I, um, <laughs> I just wanted to crawl into my bed, cry for probably longer than I should have. Because really, it was less about the job that was lost and more so about feeling like I failed at something. Which I, you know, uh, self-proclaimed perfectionist. I mean, we're all perfectionists, I think, in any way. But the integrity of feeling like I didn't, didn't do right. And before, um, before I was, um, laid off, I worked at a, um, family run cafe, which is still up and running, always will be my first LA home. Um, but I worked at Paper of Plastic Cafe, shout out to my Paper of Plastic peeps, anyone who's listening in. I think there's a few. Um, but I opened that shop. So that was in 2010 when I first moved to LA and um, started out as just a barista. And then that place slowly changed to a full-fledged restaurant and me learning how to manage a restaurant and learning, you know, back of the house term, front of the house terms, learning about food, learning about wine, learning about beer, but I've always had a love for coffee. But really that job to me was important because I love people. Um, and really I was there for about six and a half years and thought to myself that I needed to move on to something else because I knew at that point, not anytime soon, but that I wanted to start a family. 
and really I, you know, they were always so supportive of me, but realistically I'm like, I can't be running tables and doing brunch shifts while I'm like six months pregnant. Like I was thinking 10 steps ahead. And so I was like, I, I need to find something different, something new. And it was a little scary cause I didn't know what that was. Cause I was really good at the cafe and I really loved that job. Um, so uh, I thought about different things and eventually found a lead to work um, at a brand that I was a fan of and uh, applied for. It was a little bit different because it was going to be a desk job, which was something new to me. I've always had jobs where I've been on my feet. I've always been in service. And at that point, I've always been in um, the food industry. Um, coffee for the longest. I'm a really big coffee nerd, but I think some of you guys that know me know that. <laughs> I could talk for hours. That might have to be its own episode. Just coffee. me talking about coffee. Yeah, just just the title will be just coffee. How Andrea drinks like <laughs> like the, the crack version, and I'm like, more milk and more sugar, please. Yeah, more milk, more sugar. Well, technically, you want to call it the third wave of coffee, and what you drink <laughs> is second wave. But we can talk about the different ways of coffee. <laughs> Um, I just like to drink it, and I like the effect <laughs> how it makes me like feel. That's uh, about it. But yeah, yeah you you. Oh, well, you... I nerd about coffee the way you can nerd about uh, wine, and really, coffee and wine have a lot of similarities in how it develops on your palate. And anyways, I digress. So I was really good at my job. So I was at this point in my life where I was like, okay, well, what else am I good at? Which is such a loaded question. I'm sure many listeners out there have had a point in their life where they go, what do I want? What am I good at? What do I do next? Those and, are scary questions. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I've always Especially been... being in LA, truly. Yeah. And I really was leaving a very um, family-based environment. And then also the way I managed and the way I led was very family-oriented and... Um, my staff and I were many things to each other, and we were friends, we were, um, you know, co-workers, we were, you know, in the trenches of serving L.A. because we were very busy, and um, we did, you know, they were, it was where I fell in love with L.A., was that place, and it was where I felt like L.A. felt like home for me. Um, I have to, I have to interrupt you really yeah. quick and throw in a compliment. Because when you told me that you were working at Paper and Plastic for seven years, I was really impressed. Because most young people <laughs> never stayed a job that long. And I was really impressed because they, like me, I hopped around a lot. Not because I wasn't committed. I just wanted, I just wanted a little bit of everything. But most young people, they job hop. You know, they, they, they don't show commitment to the, to the job. And for you to stay at that cafe for that family for seven years is, is very impressive. Yeah, I think my commitment, it, it, like I think any strength, it has its pros and cons. Um, you know, I sometimes, you know, and that goes beyond just my professional life, but also my personal life. You know, there's, I don't know when to quit. Um, it's hard for me to quit. I think that's tied with my loyalty. You'll never quit. <laughs> no. But uh, I just give you this <laughs> subliminal message there. Oh yeah, dude, you're stuck with me forever. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's a thing that I love about myself is that I really I will work hard at something and I will always figure out. You throw me another problem, I'll figure that out too. You throw me another one, I'll figure that out too. And there's, it's a rewarding challenge, but also at times, and really that's why the departure from paper plastic was big for me because it was the first time in my life that I gave myself some pause to say, I think I need to leave. I think I need to end this chapter. And that was big for me because I, I didn't know things just ended naturally. Like you know, I ended high school because I graduated. I ended college because I graduated. Um, the major milestones in my life up to that point, because I was, I came out to LA a year after I graduated, um, and things had a natural end. And 
any jobs I left prior than then, it always ended because either I moved and I didn't have a car when I was in college. So that was just kind of a natural end. So things ended for me. And it was kind of big that at Paper Plastic, I had to, I had to find that ending. I had to kind of command it and call it, which was, which was hard. I mean, I gave a two months notice. That's hard. <laughs> but baby steps, baby steps. Um, and yeah, it just, it was, it was a big leap for me, but I knew, I knew it was the right time. And, you know, a month into the new job, it just, and I had a feeling about it. You know, my, my intuition and my gut has never led me afar. I, I trust it pretty well and I had a feeling that it just wasn't the right fit and leading like the weeks leading up to the day that I was let go I could feel it and of course you know Alex my husband was supportive and saying oh you know it's less than it's less than a month you know there's growing pains you're going to figure it out because when I find a job I like to figure out the job I like to know it really really well so then I could get to my favorite point which is the ease and effortlessness of knowing that I've mastered something so I can do my job organically, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's, well, I know that now and I see yeah. it. I've seen it. And it kind of, it all, you know, it, it ties back to the theater nerd in me. You know, when I did theater in high school, I was always the first person to memorize their lines because to me, I was like, I want to memorize all these lines, no matter how many there are. I don't want a paper in my hand. I want to go on stage and just be the character, just be present in the performance. And that, and she's been performing <laughs> and, I, and I've never drawn the curtain ever since. Um, <laughs> the world is my stage. Uh, but yeah, really, I, I think about it and I'm like, oh, that, that makes sense in how I treat my jobs. Like I really, I'm a learner and I ask a lot of questions and I'm always trying to figure it out. And then once I do, and I'm always learning, the learning never stops. But once I get to that sweet spot of where I can, I guess, relax because Mm -hmm. I'm no longer feeling like I'm a student, but that I'm just, am the job and I'm past that training, past that learning the the beginning of the learning um then I can do the job and just there's there's a there's an easier flow and there's less of me fumbling around and wanting to be well not being so much in your head yes and then just being natural Mm -hmm. at doing the task that you're that you're doing without being in your head and then be like I know how to do this so I don't have to like think of the routine of how Audrey told me to do a b and c and just do the ask uh, the task well because if I'm comfortable if I'm comfortable in my space that means that my my customers will also be comfortable in the space that they're holding with me so you know, whether it's at a restaurant and I'm serving you coffee or whether it's here and I'm styling you with the clothes my I set the comfort level in, in a sense that like, if I'm comfortable, I'm going to, it's going to be easier for me to make you comfortable. Let's see how many times I can say comfortable. Um, but truly that's what it is. I want someone to come in and not feel like there's other energy muddling the experience, right. which is, and by energy, I mean like me trying to learn something or me trying to do something or figure it out. Um, but, um, yeah, it was it was hard to figure out. Okay, I'm I like to be good at something. So what what is that good? And so then I you know found this job and I and I knew that it wasn't like I was learning and I was asking the questions. But there's some, there was something always in me saying like I don't know if this is gonna work. And I remember even saying I think the day before I'm like I think I might be let go. I don't know if I've ever been let go from a job before. And sure enough, the next morning they did. And, you know, funny enough, in that conversation, they told me that if, if we had a brick and mortar, and if you ran it, you would be fantastic at it. And, well, they're right. That's a very correct <laughs> statement. Yeah. And, um, and I'm glad they didn't. Well, Because the- you wouldn't be here today. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and, and really, um, I, you know... As, as anything that doesn't happen or that you feel like you failed at, the number one thing was I was like, I'm not going to cry here. I refuse to cry here. And I was more emotional because I felt like I let myself down than 
I let anyone else involved down. So packed up my things, and then I had a moment of just humor because I was like, oh, I'm putting things in my bag. I'm putting things in a box. This is what I see in the movies or in the TV no, show. Right, right. When, what, when they come in with the, with, the yeah. brass, with the cardboard box, I, I filing just, box. I didn't have a house plant by then, but I had like a couple of knickknacks and I was like... You didn't have your picture frame. It was of... like a weird meta moment where I was like, I've seen this on the screen all the time and now I'm actually the one doing it. This is very weird. This is very weird. Okay, so don't cry, Adria. Don't cry. So I walked to my car. At this point, yeah, it's like nine in the morning. I call my husband, cry to him let out a little bit of that um that pressure and then i remember sitting in my car going okay i i i can't go backwards as much as i love the cafe and as much as i love that whole environment i was like i can't go backwards i i refuse to go backwards i need to move forward and i was like what is forward and i remember that um arminda had told me because i was i was good friends with your um your uh, former employer, Minda. Hi, Arminda. Um, and I remember she was saying she was leaving, and she was sad to have left, but she had another job that was taking her um, at full time. And so I remember that popping in my head, and I remember texting her and being like, hey, I know this is really early. Can I have Audrey's number? And she was like, uh, and I'm so grateful she responded immediately. She was like, uh, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I was let go of my job. I, and and I and I remember is Audrey still looking for somebody? And this is like rapid texting happening in my car. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm like, Yeah, thank you. I'm like, but her number, give me like I was at that <laughs> at that point I feel like what was happening in my head was that survival Andrea was like, Okay, I'm at the driver's seat, crying, sad Andrea, you just sit there, here's a here's a heavy blanket, here's some ice cream, and just just do your thing, but just do it back there because we still have to figure this out. Because everything that happened, calling you and everything, I still sometimes can't believe that I actually did that and was trying really hard not to cry. Because again, I'm in a moment where like I'm not letting myself process the fact that uh, I took a leap, it didn't work out, I fell on my face, and also that I, I, I had never been fired at that point. So that was a whole, there was a That's couple a whole of, new experience. there was like three new sensations happening in yes. my head and in my yes. heart. And I was like, yeah, we don't have time for any of that. We're not going to process this now. We're going to process this later um, <laughs> because you're going to find a job. And so when I called you, yeah, I, I remember telling my, I gave myself a pep talk and I was like, Andrea, don't you cry on the phone. This woman doesn't know anything of what's happened. You need to sound professional. You need to sound like hopefully she'll hire you. I don't know what she has in store, but I'm like, Andrea, put on your big girl pants. Well, this is what I love about God is that when, when, when something's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. You were friends with Arminda. You had her personal phone number to contact Arminda to get a hold of me because Susan, who used to work for us was like, and I'm paraphrasing, but Susan would say, good thing you didn't call me because I'm a bulldog. No one gets to Audrey, but through me, I would have not given you her phone number. And I would have probably done the same. If someone were to ever contact me and be like, can I have Audrey's personal phone number? I would be like, what no. is it for? I would actually filter the call for you. I'd yes. be like, what is it for? What do you need? My, I might have the answer for you. <laughs> well, and Susan said the same thing. She's like, no way in hell what I would have given you Audrey's phone number. But that's how that's how things happen when they're meant to be. And Arminda yes. gave you my phone number. Well, and I think that's because Arminda also knew who I was and knew that. Well, you, yeah, yeah, you guys had a friendship and you guys yeah. had a relationship. And, so and I she's remember like, her saying, and, oh, you would be perfect well, for this. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? She did because she, Arminda was a great empl employee and was doing me a favor. I had so many people that would come into the shop that would just be like, see, I'm drowning, trying to run the shop by myself. They're like, I can work part-time just to help you out, but I, I'm a full-time this or I'm a full-time that. I, I, I'll give you a toe in. But no one was giving me a full commitment because they had other you know, ask, you know, things that they wanted to do and other goals in life. So our, our Minda was a beautiful blessing that flew in and then flew out. So she was like, oh, thank God I'm leaving on uh, Audrey will most likely hire you is what she's probably thinking. Mm -hmm. And then she doesn't feel so bad for leaving me yeah. because there's someone else to replace you. And then that Susan's like, finally I can retire. Cause I pulled her out of <laughs> retirement and kept her here for three years. And she's like, uh, Andrea is fully capable now of, being here on a run, I'm leaving. But yeah, when I looked down and I saw the phone, I didn't recognize the phone number. And I knew immediately something was wrong. 
Yeah, you were you were very sweet, and I was also very sweet. The only time we were probably nice to each other. No, I'm just like <laughs> this, the the sass was put on hold. But I I have to. I don't know if I told you this, but I could tell that you were digging down deep and you were being so strong but your voice was shaking all over I know, the place I know but you kept it together and I was very impressed and yeah you asked well, me you, if I was still hiring well you were like can you be here at one and in my head I was like I'm wearing a t-shirt leggings and a sweater and I haven't done my makeup or my hair and I said yes and so the whole drive home I just kept telling myself Andre you're gonna do your hair and put on a dress there might have been a, an explicit word in there, but for the sake of this podcast, it was, Andrea, you're going to do your hair and put on a dress. And that's exactly what I did. And then a whole new challenge of trying not to cry in front of you in person. Because at that point, you know, you were as friendly and open and warm to me as I see you with all our customers. And when you're vulnerable <laughs> in on the day of something happening that you really wish wouldn't have happened... I was like, oh, she's, she's sweet enough, and I, I know she's a caring person. That if I break down, if I let her have an inch, like I will completely break down in front of her. And I didn't want to do that. That was a, again, survival. Andrea was like, yeah, we don't have time for that. Like you're not gonna do that. You're gonna go in there and see if you can get a job and see if you can work at one of your favorite places to shop. That's what we're doing. And, um, yeah. And she didn't, she didn't crack. <laughs> no. And I no. was like, cool. Can you be here at one o'clock? <laughs> and yeah. And so it was funny cause Susan, I was like, Susan, just be here with me. Just, you know, let's interview her together, but don't say anything. Just stand there. Just, you know, just sit with me. And so we can, you know, I just, Susan can be intimidating. She can. She just sits back with, you know, six foot two blonde, you know, just staring you down. <laughs> With those beautiful blue eyes. <laughs> and I had it all figured out. I don't know if I've told you this either. This podcast is good. We're like telling each other, you know, what we were a feeling. Lot, a lot the of behind time. the scenes. Yes. <laughs> it's like, all right. I, I, I had a list of questions that I wanted to ask you mm. in the interview process. And so Andrea is sitting there, cute as ever. And so I got one question out of my mouth. One question. She answered the question correctly and then went on to answer all the other questions that I had written down on my paper without asking you. So what happened is that I asked like, blah, blah, and you were told your story, answered the question, and then you went on and said, I had this experience, I know this, I can do this, I do this, these are my strong points at this, my weaknesses, whatever, and I was like, and I looked at Susan and I showed her my, and I'm like, she answered all the questions that I was going to ask her without having to ask her. So I was in your head before I was in your head. Yeah. Life story, Andrea, <laughs> working here. Yeah. Always in my head. But um, that's interesting to know because on my side, I was like, oh, Andrea, don't mess this up. Andrea, don't mess this up. Okay. So then I'm like, I can't give away all my cards. I can't let her know that I'm totally in love with this person and she's got the job. I got to make her work for it. And I'm like, mm, give us a moment. So I... S- Come on, Susan, let's go into the back, in back room. In the back room of Audrey <laughs> K. And I didn't even get a chance to get a word out of my mouth. Susan's like, You're gonna hire her, right? And I was like, Yeah, of course, but we gotta make her feel like she's gotta work for it. I'm not gonna make her suffer because she just, you know, she just lost her job. I'm not gonna make her, you know, not gonna be that cruel. But I was like, let's just wait a minute. We it said was, nothing. It was, a good, it was a good couple of minutes. Yeah, we sat by, and said nothing. We just stared at each other. I'm like, do, 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 do. Oh, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to be that cruel. And I'm like, come out. I'm like, you're hired. And we shook on it. We shook on the fact that you were like, listen, I know you had a full-time job. I know you were a manager. Um, I just need somebody for Sundays. Is that okay? And I remember in you're my head. You're just the Sunday girl. I remember in my head I was like, it's better than nothing. And so I'm, and I, and I think you must saw me pause for a moment. I think I saw like maybe a flicker of you being like, Oh no, she might say no. Well, I didn't have a lot to offer you. And I felt Mm -hmm. bad. I was like, okay, this girl was making this amount of money plus tips and working full time. And all I can offer her is a Sunday shift, which is 12 to five. Yeah. And an hourly wage. And I was like, God damn, I really want her. And so then I, I go, I, you know, I, my, I go back to us being at the 
at the cicada club mm -hmm. and you know and I'm like, God, Lord, I did ask you. Crap. <laughs> yeah, well, now you got to help me out here. Toss me some money. I got. I, I got. I don't have 401k. I don't offer dental. I'm like, she's gonna be like, yeah, hell no. But you said yes, dude. We locked eyes and we shook. Sundays only, and that was the first lie that Audrey gave me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a lie. It was truthful. You. It was all your fault. You turned out to be. <laughs> over the top fabulous i'm like here's the keys peace out <laughs> well and and i mean that i that's one of my favorite running jokes is that it was only sundays i think sometimes when i'm just in the mood i'll just yell it across the store she does she always sundays. reminds me i'm just the sunday girl i was just supposed to be the sunday girl yeah and then there's two things I would like to talk about that I think will bless people in this podcast to hear. One is my side of my story and then another thing. So one of the things I remember, because you said this early on here a moment ago, is about, you know, diving in, learning the job, you know, um, you know, just being committed and, and figuring it out. And I just remember you... Uh, at one point I had to tell you, it's okay, you're going to make mistakes. Because mm. I could mm. see that you mm. were like, I'm going to figure this out without making a mistake. Well, and there's, there's another extra layer on that. I was still um, fresh from my trauma of losing a job. And, you know, trauma sounds like a severe word, but... But no, but some, being fired from a job, I've been fired from a job only once as well. And, dude, it's traumatic because you mm -hmm. feel rejected. You feel like I wasn't good enough. You know, what did I do for them? That's all. As a business owner, as you know, to, we've had to let mm -hmm. people go. Yeah. It's it's hard on our side yeah. to let someone go. Yeah. You know, you don't want to hurt their feelings, but it's like, it's not personal. It's business. Yeah, and so, I mean... You know, when I was at the cafe, um, I was at the top level. I pretty much rose to the very top without owning the cafe. And sometimes people would be like, oh, ask Andrea. She would know the question before you would ask even the owner. It's kind of like what's <laughs> happening now. I'm like, hey, Andrea, how do, we, how do I run my own register? Oh, my God, you old lady. Let me show you again how to send an invoice. But so, you know, I was I was at the top of my prior job. And then I took a leap and went to the um, the other job. And, you know, over the course of the month, because I felt like I kept making mistakes or I could just, you know, being in customer service for as long as I have been, you get it's almost a very acute skill slash superpower you get if you if you really are committed to servicing people and is it you understand what people are thinking without them even telling you anything and you're basing that off of body language cues flicker of the eyebrows or, or how but they're smiling. I also smiling. feel like you have yeah. to have that in you. You can't really teach customer service. You can't teach yeah. awareness of how to like being a salesperson, people think, oh, you know, it's easy to, it's not, there's, it's not just, especially the way that we service our customers. We don't sell anything to anybody that we don't believe is authentic. Yeah. Like, well, I'm not going to tell you that dress looks good on you to make a sale if it's not truly looking nice on you. Yeah. So. Well, and I mean, and, and that's at a point where you're, you've mastered something. You really have mastered um, how to style someone, what looks good on them, what doesn't. Um, but before I even got that, we, when I first started with you, I went from being a true master of my domain at Paper and Plastic to being something very, very small. And then you, you get laid off and you get even smaller. So when I was training with you, I felt like a very, very, very small person. And... I and I could see that yeah. and so I would build on that and be like dude you've got this and I remember thinking to myself she this is natural to her and the stuff that you were learning was technical stuff stuff how I like to do things I'm very anal I like things to be done a certain way that's why this boutique is still here and we've existed for 15 years because I do things a certain way um, as far as like organization and things like that so you just needed to learn how Audrey does things 
And, and, how, I'm, and I'm how good at that. Yes. And that's why you're in my head <laughs> yeah. all the time. So, so we have conversations where we're not even speaking and she's, I'm like, uh, and she's like, yeah, I got it. And she's already done it before I can even get the, uh, can you out of my mouth? Yeah. But I could see that you had a natural talent with communicating with people and it was so organic and it was so beautiful that I was like, this is where she's meant to be. And I just being like an awe, like I've never met my match. I never, of all the employees I've had, I've never had anybody that was on my level. And it terrified me for a couple of reasons. <laughs> and I'm getting a little emotional because it terrified me for a couple of reasons. Because I was like, oh, damn, I don't, I want to make sure that I nurture this person so she can grow. Because, dude, I could see her owning her own shop and being completely 100% successful because you had an eye for fashion already. And you had this authentic customer service of being able to communicate people in such such an authentic and funny and sassy and friendly and loving way that is, you just can't teach that. I could teach you how I want you to ring people up, how I want you to clean, how I merchandise and things like that. Those are tasks that can be learned. But the things that you came that are um, part of you, that are natural to you, were organic. And I was like, I was like, this is a... Okay, Lord, you gave me a gift and I don't want to mess this up. I don't I, I want to make sure that if if she is just like everybody else coming into my life and and floating out into another career, I want to I want to take really good care of this special gift that you've given me and and um so that she can flourish when when she's when she leaves me to go somewhere else, if that makes sense. Already thinking I was going to leave. Well, and that's the <laughs> second thing that I wanted to talk about because I think people might relate to this is that being abandoned at a very young age, and I mean being abandoned, my parents divorcing when I was three, my dad left, my mom's like, crap, I got to get a job, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm alone. And so I had abandonment issues for a very long time. That's why I went in and out of relationships, and I always thought people were going to leave me, including employees, because they would. They would come in, and then they, were, they would leave or whatever. And so I, I, I was terrified of you leaving. And, <laughs> oh, my God, my insecurities. And I'm being very, very vulnerable and honest and, and, uh, and, and saying that I, I had uh, true abandonment issues of even in my relationships of, you know, with my ex-husband or with, with my, when I married Pam early. I'm like, okay, we're married, but don't leave me. It's like, oh, my God, Audrey, get your shit together, man. <laughs> people are not going to, you know, you're not three years old anymore. People aren't. But people would come and go in my life. And like babysitters would come and go and you know, my mom would come and go. So I always felt like, dude, I'm on my own. And so I, I was always afraid of people leaving. But I remember one day I, I was feeling really insecure and you were really flourishing and blossoming. And I'm like, God damn it. She's so amazing. <laughs> I can't afford to lose her. So I remember I was just, I came in crying. She's like, Hey, happy Wednesday. Are you all right? And I'm like, just, I just started crying and I was vulnerable. I'm like, don't leave me. Oh my God. And she's like, what'd you say? I I said, okay. I, I think I said, dude, I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Um, and I still didn't believe her. Well, you know, I'm a Scorpio. So, um, for all my fellow Scorpio sisters, you know, the loyalty runs deep and really it's hard to trust people. We, I had a hard time trusting we people. We were being precious with each other because while you were being precious with, you know, teaching me and um, and making sure that I could have a place where I could grow and flourish, um, I was being precious with you because I could tell that this place had you in it deeply rooted in all corners. Like, this was your place. And yeah, I'm not a big fan of saying that this is your baby. Like this was like a home to you. That's I feel like a better description of it what is you a set up. Description, yes. And I could tell, and also too, I could tell that you were um, very particular about how you like to run your house. And um, you know, I think some people's reaction to that would be intimidation, and other people would be. Uh, respect because I grew up in a house my mother she she ran a tight ship and my mom 
didn't take anything under excellence. And so um, I really respect that about my mom. It was slightly terrifying and with some pressure, but um, really at the end of the day, I, I thank her because she always was like, you can do better. You can do better. You're capable of being the best. And it wasn't like my mom was breathing down my neck for my homework or for anything because at a certain point, my mom instilled in me a sort of um, quiet dominance that took me through like, I, I, I gotta do, I gotta do right. Cause those are two, you know, my parents immigrated from Guatemala to the US in the seventies. And I think other first generations could um, relate to this is that, um, you know, there's good qualities and bad qualities to it, but there's no room to, to fail. And I think that's also what made the being laid off so hard because it, it triggered a lot of things that, you know, were a part of my childhood, which was like, you don't quit, you don't fail, you work really hard, you do something at 110%, you give it your best, you give it your all. And throughout all of it, you stay respectful to yourself and to the people around you. And I could tell that there was a lot of lines and there was a lot of marks where this was clearly your store, but that I could tell that you needed help. And so in my little sneaky way, I was like, how can I take things off her desk without her knowing? And by that, I mean, metaphorically, I wasn't actually <laughs> taking stuff off her desk. I was just like, what? I was like, where the hell did that Sharpie go? <laughs> where oh, it's in Andrea's purse. Literally <laughs> taking no. stuff and off her desk. And by that, I mean the metaphorical desk of the to-do list. Well, she started, that's, that's correct. You would be like, uh, slowly tasks tasks were were being removed from my plate I was because very, I was juggling I was everything to, I and was I was drowning <laughs> I was trying to be sneaky I was like kind of like I'm gonna take this and like you know no one can see me because of course this is audio but I'm like slowly pulling my hand away kind of like oh I'm gonna just take in this a very pocket. sneaky way <laughs> and I, I got a side eye and I'm like go ahead take it because I'm clearly overwhelmed and I was burnt out I was burnt out and so this fresh air of this hot Latina, <laughs> Guatemalan, chili pepper of sarcasm was Don't like, I'm here, I'm here, and I'm here to help. And I'm like, Don't ever leave me. And so no longer is she a Sunday girl. She's running the ship, man. Actually, I, I think I have to go back to just Sundays. <laughs> Uh, not allowed, dude. Too bad. You've jumped in the deep end, and I pulled away all life life rafts. <laughs> so you're out there. But no, I really think um, you you and I we went. I went beyond the Sunday girl because you and I clicked on many levels, and we clicked not only on a professional level, which is like just like how you said. Um, I've never found someone that has matched me, I kind of felt the same way. I work at a very fast pace. And I mean, I've slowed down because I'm no longer having to make a bazillion lattes for a brunch shift. But I I like working fast and I like working on multiple things at the same time. And sometimes, you know, I was always, you know, it's, it's not the best attitude to have, but I would be like, I'm just going to do it because I can do it faster and I can do it quicker and I can get it done and it'll be done well. Oh, ditto, man. And so that's and, why I yeah. was like, I'm not hiring anybody <laughs> because I don't even want to babysit. I'm just going to run this shop by myself. And but then I was overwhelmed. I was, I, I appreciated having someone who not only was deep in the trenches of their own business, which is something that I admire about small businesses in general. Most small business owners, they're they're in it. You're either being rung up by them or you're seeing them somewhere in the store. I mean, small business takes a lot of sacrifice and takes a there's the 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 boundaries are more blurred because you have to learn how to do several different roles and several different jobs yeah. in order to keep it's your business It's not the of heart and yeah. it's not easy. You're the first one here and the last one and you got to come back tomorrow and pick up on the tasks that you didn't finish the day <laughs> yes. before, even though you were here for 12 to 14 hours. So yeah, to find someone that, uh, you know, I didn't want to overwhelm you at first, but I was like, okay, we're at this pace. And then now we're going a hundred miles an hour <laughs> and not running into each other and multitasking. And so it, you know, and I, I know that people see it, you know, on our dance videos and how we communicate it's very rare to find, especially in retail, two women 
that have the kind of relationship that we have because we don't argue, we don't fight, there's no, uh, there's no competition, there's no cattiness. I mean, I see you as my business partner, um, as an equal, I see you sometimes as my best friend, my, my girlfriend. Your sex Some- mentor. Dude, my whip, my young whippersnapper that knows way more technology than me, and a daughter. And I see Henry, your son. I'm his nana, as my grandchild. And so, and our and our and our families are are together as a big unit. And I, dude, just be careful with, when you ask Jesus. You know, hey, <laughs> Lord. And this is the gift I got, and it's a precious gift. And I'm so glad that you're here with me, and we're doing this podcast together. Yeah. It all started up with, I had an idea. But, yeah, that's... Uh, and, the, hey, the, the handshake. Little... Can you just work Sundays? <laughs> <laughs> that's the long short of how I how I came into into Audrey K. Boutique. And uh, everybody's kind of just stuck with me forever. <laughs> cool, because one day I'm going to give you the keys and I'll be like, peace out. Pam and I just bought an island and, uh, you know, I'm just going to live yeah, on the island. As long as I get to come visit. As you just can't change the name on the door. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm, well, I have a couple ideas for, no, I'm just playing. No, I would never change the name, but truly, I never, I never thought that I would be able to marry two of my very favorite things in life, um, beyond my husband and my sweet child, is, uh, my love for people and my love for fashion. I mean, I've, I've always liked fashion and I've always tried to chase my style and chase being the key word because it took a while for me to figure out what that was. So I was kind of chasing, I think, different versions of what I felt like my style was because I was also <laughs> very perfectionist about it because I, I wanted it to mean something. I wanted the way I dressed and the way I presented myself to the world to be something that was truly an expression of who I was. And it took me a while to get there. But when I did, and it was also around the time that I found the shop, Audrey K, which helped, um, and I owned myself and wasn't apologizing for how I wanted to dress. Often it was always a, a remark of like, you're very, very dressed up. Where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going nowhere. This is a Tuesday outfit. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I never, I never thought that I could have fashion be a part of my career, part of my work life. And see, for me, I was like, duh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, truly, I was like, "Is she, it, hello?" But I had it, it. This is this is your calling. This is where you're meant to be. I had I had so I had a misconception of of retail, fashion retail, and, and my well, dude, people think the mall, and I'm sorry, that is not yeah, retail, and, and that I, is not fashion. And that's what I thought. I was like, "It's I, not. I can't. You I get can't no work service. For they don't give a crap about <laughs> you." And like I tell people, I'm like, "Customer service is a, is an art. It's a craft." And we yeah. and we both have. The same opinion about yeah. that. When so, we ask somebody, hey, or say, hi, how are you? You know, we mean it. Yeah. And you wait for the response. Dude, I'll never forget. Early 90s, my girlfriend and I, shoppers, you know, we would shop all the time. And I told her, so, you know, these girls don't give a crap about us. Watch. I'm going to do something. And if I get this right, like how I predict this is going to go down, you're buying lunch. <laughs> this girl's going to ask us how we are, and I'm going to say something shocking, and she's going to just not even, like, address it. And that's exactly what happened. We yeah. walk into a department store, and, uh, you know, she's like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, crappy, my dad just died. Well, great, let me know if you'd like anything. I can help you out. And I was like, dude, I want steak and lobster. Because I don't pay attention. And yeah. boutiques, you know, it... I'm not saying that they're not the mall because in, sometimes you get the snobby girls. They give you the look over like, you know, you don't belong here mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe you don't have the right figure to be in this type of boutique. And so that's always been in the back of my mind. I'm like, I don't care who walks through that door or what they look like. They're getting the best of me. And you do the same thing. It's all organic and it's mm-hmm. all 100% authentic. When I say hi, welcome back. I freaking mean it. But I didn't know that was obtainable. That was the main thing, is that I didn't know that that was something that well, girl, I could I do. made it obtainable. <laughs> well, Because yeah. I feel the same way. And I was like, dude, if I ever open up a shop, I'm going to make this the norm. 
And dude, how many times, because we laugh about this, how many times do we have people come in here and we're, we're friendly, we're ourselves, and they look like, they look at us like, oh my God, what? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm much, just, I'm just looking, we're like, and we're just saying hello. Because sometimes they're, you know, they come from the mall or wherever and they don't expect yeah. that customer service. And the look they give us is like, oh, oh my God. Well, and those people are the You're ones. You're scaring me. Well, and those people are the ones that I, I try even a little harder with because just like a at the cafe, there was a lot of things that people felt like, um, people come off as negative or with an attitude because they're just feeling a little insecure. Oh, I'm not cool enough to drink this cool coffee at this cool cafe. Oh, I don't feel like I'm cool enough to wear these clothes or ask questions about fashion because I'm supposed to know everything, right? No one's supposed to know anything about anything. The beauty of life is that we're always learning and most especially we're learning from each other. Yes. And so my approach has always been about being as welcoming and as comfortable so that we can share something together. And And dude... That's what we're doing every day, you and I. It's never about the clothes. The clothes are a bonus, but it's about sharing something together. And really, I mean, my mission with fashion is about connecting with someone and empowering them through their style and just being a helpful guide, not even being the person to say, hey, this is what I think you should wear, but just gently leading them. We're here to guide. We're here to guide. And... If you come out of the dressing room spinning and skipping, then we did our job. And then we can like go and be fabulous. Yeah. Which, you know. So thanks for giving me a job. Hey, you're welcome. By the way, thanks for just working on Sundays. <laughs> Here's the keys. Peace just out. I'm buying that island. Come on, babe. <laughs> Get packing. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. I, I think the next podcast does need to be like, okay, how, what is happening? <laughs> In the boutique. Well, we can talk about um, what we're currently doing, what we've done in the past, and a few other things. But then after that, too, we have a couple of good ideas for our next episodes. We, and have, we actually have a, a long list of some. Yes. Yeah. And if anyone out there listening, if you have an idea of a topic that you would like us to discuss, please send us an email or a DM, and we'll be happy to add it to our list. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go get to work. <laughs> I'm going to finish drinking my Diet Coke. Thanks again, Rachel. Thanks, guys, for listening. We love you. Yeah. I'm Andrea. And I'm Audrey. And this is In the Back Room with Audrey K. Bye.